and away we go. Alonso, I think, got a better start. He cuts off Esteban Ocon. Verstappen, though, will get into Sandoval in the lead. Ocon on the inside. Too far back to make a move. It's Monaco, and anything can happen in the roll of a dice or the click of the fingers. And this race is absolutely turning on its head. Turn it up to the max and come home to win on the streets of Monaco. I started drinking at 6 a.m. and we're here now, I don't know what time it is, but I'm rolling deep and those cars are going real fast and real left, son. They're going fast and left. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Not On This Occasion. Today... It's the Monaco Grand Prix. We're going to discuss the real headliner, which was qualifying. And then we'll talk a little bit about the race. And also, first actually, I'm going to go into the Indy 500, the dramatic ending, the dramatic and controversial ending to the Indy 500. Before we go into all that though, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. There's a lot of stuff. On TikTok now, Instagram is cooking. We're cooking. Let us cook on Let us Instagram. Cook. It's, it's still coming. going. It's coming. Um, and yeah, also you can follow us on YouTube. There'll be stuff there soon. That one is that one's on the back burner, but it's like it's still in my head. It's in my head that we got to do that. It's simmering. So be sure to do that. And joining me as always, wonderful, lovely co-host Delaney. It's me. <laughs> Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> And Fernando it's Alonso. Fernando Alonso, and it's uh, not Taylor Swift, but my co-host, Noel. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode is going to be half Indy 500 and half Monaco, because Monaco wasn't as all exciting as it should be for a full episode, but Indy was. I've got a lot to say. Noel has a lot to say. And for those that don't remember from last episode, Noel was there. He saw it yes. firsthand. Yes. Live and in person. In, so at in attendance. We're going to have a first-hand account of like what the, happened. Uh, like the uh, like when you go to Vatican City. Like when the Christians go to Vatican City. Yeah. When Muslims go to Mecca. That is what the Indy 500 is. <laughs> that's, that's Noel's Mecca. <laughs> that's my... That's, uh, <laughs> that's his holy spot. That's my best connection to me. Yeah, so the Indy 500 last weekend. The crown jewel of motorsports, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. Wow. I will say, I, I probably was going to bring this up later, but I will say to jump ahead a little bit, after, post race of Monaco, they were doing the media time, and Max and Fernando were literally both like, we need to fucking go. The race is about to start. And they're like, what race? They're like, the Indy 500. We have to go. <laughs> like, what time is it? We have to go. Like, wrap this up. Like, I was there, and it was very, very good really good i highly recommend racing fan or not that you go to this race because the indianapolis motor speedway especially now super caters to the people that go there it's a great experience you'll see a lot of things some good some bad there will be some pretty crazy people there. It's a party. There's obviously the snake pit in the middle, which is literally just like a techno rave thing. Love that. Um, Indy 500 just knows how to throw a party. please a crowd. Yeah, throw a party. Over 
300,000, 350,000 people in attendance for this race. Wow. For this one race. So even if you don't know a lot about, even if you don't know anything about racing, it is perfect. It's a perfect event. They do a fantastic job of giving you a good show. The people behind me definitely did not know anything about <laughs> racing. And I think they still had a good time. There you go. I really wish they didn't talk as much as they did. Could have been their first race. I mean, I think most of the people that see this race, this is their one race of the year. Yeah. Not just one race that they're going to. This is the only race that they're going to watch yeah. in person or on TV. In terms of the racing, it was very good. Very fast. Final lead change happened on the last lap. There were, I think, 50 lead changes among at least 15 different drivers, I think. You just good. never knew who was going to win the race. And the current package that IndyCar has at the Indy 500 really promotes close racing. There's at least there's at least six or seven guys who, at the end of the thing, are still in contention. So you really just never know who's going to win. And it always seems to just make good headlines. The two drivers that led the most laps over the course of the first half of the race, the first 100 laps, both crashed on pit road at the halfway point. So those were the favorites. They got taken out. Really, really just threw things for a loop. Wow. Really just changed the whole dynamic of the race. And I feel like that always happens. And there's just not right now in the Indy 500 one guy who's going to go out there and smoke the field like in a different sport that we talk about. Formula One. There was some controversy, though. Dun, dun, dun. Because the way that it ended... People don't really like. It's kind of like Noel equated it to Australia this year. Very similar. What happened? And I just get, I don't know. I did not expect this going in there. I just, I think of Australia, but I think of Abu Dhabi in 2021 when I, when these things happen. The reaction. Yeah. So I think um, it wasn't, I don't think it's as controversial as definitely not Abu Dhabi no. and probably not even Australia because, like I said, I think most of the people that are in attendance watching this race they were like, "What's going on?" Don't really care. Yeah. What happened was so I have 15 laps to go. There was a crash. Felix Rosenquist drove for McLaren, led a bunch of laps, hit the wall, came back down or came back up, and hit Kyle Kirkwood, and his rear tire tether failed. And he flipped up into the air, hit the wall upside down, and his tire flew over the grandstand. Got like slingshot. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in IndyCar and in F1, the tires are tethered to the car. So if the suspension breaks, the wheel falls off, it still connects repel. to the car. Yeah. Because if a tire goes flying, that's incredibly dangerous. Yep. It thankfully did not hit anyone in the stands. It went past the stands and hit someone's parked car. Which is kind of crazy because in the video though, it went in between two stands. So if he would have if he would have crashed literally probably a foot sooner, that tire would have hit a stand or a foot later. Like the timing of it all was just so perfect for it to go right in between the two stands and hit the parked area. Which may have looked bigger <laughs> in person, I'm sure. But with how fast they're going and, you know, like physics, you know, if he would have crashed a little bit sooner, a little bit later where he did crash, that tire would have been going into the stands. And yeah, someone would probably have died. Probably. Yeah. If that hit the stands. So that's obviously a thing that it's dangerous. Like it's you really can't like mess around. You can't be doing silly stuff 
with the officiating and stuff like that in this race because if something goes wrong, you are going more than 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Like it's just not – it's not really – this will probably be the most controversial thing, but it's not really a danger that can happen in Formula One right now. True. Like, I don't, I just, it's, it just isn't. So, yeah. it's not even, like, comparable, I think. They threw a red flag for that. This isn't where the controversy starts, really. Obviously, it's really bad that that happened. It's like a domino effect. But there's nothing you can really do about that in the moment. They'll probably raise the fences for next year. Yeah. Slightly, or I or think they're going to be. Make sure that your tether doesn't. Because yeah. in the video too that we watched, one of his other wheels was fit like broken, but it was hanging onto his car by the tether. So I think that was one of those fluke. It's kind of like a Zhuguan Yu Silverstone fluke accident thing. There's not really much else you could do to prevent that from happening because it was like a one in a million type of thing, maybe. Yeah. But and also I, that poor guy in his car. I've never... Yeah, it was actually a woman, I think, oh. who... Could you imagine coming her to your car's car like, Her car's name was Snowball. Oh, no. They let her... The tradition... One of the traditions at Indy is that you kiss the bricks. Uh-huh. So they like... I don't know how they figured out who it was, but they like brought her up to the stands. They like let her kiss the bricks and ride her. They did a whole lot. Like they interviewed her. There's a whole interview. I would have been like, "Bitch, pay for my car." <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming maybe that they, they did something. Have. I don't. I don't know. Is there but, like was there like a waiver on the side when you get the tickets? Do you know? Do you, I don't. Maybe there might be. There's probably like a click thing you got to like, do. But accept like all, a, and it's like yeah. this whole thing about like if you get injured, you cannot sue the Indy 500. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. It's a very normal procedure that IndyCar throws the red flag to guarantee a green flag finish. This was a very big crash. So with 15 laps to go, they probably would have been able to go green. But because he flipped, because there's a lot of safety car or safety vehicles out there, mm-hmm. they threw the red flag. Mostly, I think, because of the incident and not to guarantee a green flag finish on this one. Yeah. But... At the end of the Indy 500, the race, people cry over to win. <laughs> you got to think, you know, if you bunch them all back together and go green again, yeah, this will happen. And it did happen again. They went back to green with eight or about 10 laps to go, nine laps to go. And they crashed again. Pato Award, who also drove from McLaren, really threw it for McLaren. He led a bunch of laps too. Nice. Went to the inside of Marcus Erickson. Marcus Erickson just didn't lift at all. He said it in the interview. They both said, like, hey, this is the end of the race. We're not lifting. Mm. He They went into the corner, made contact. Paddle Ward spun out, went up into the wall at probably, like, almost 200 miles an hour. Shit. He got airborne and nearly went into the fence, but didn't. Mm. And so, and there was a couple more cars that crashed behind him, so... I think there were like three cars out at that point. Yeah, so they there was this was another pretty big crash. That that's more typical, like that's more of a typical indie crash. And the indie cars are very very safe now. The tubs that they're built around, yeah, are very safe. So that they have a whole windscreen and everything. Since he didn't go into the fence, there wasn't as much of a concern. Like, is someone injured? Is he injured? They red flagged the race again, and this was there. We are guaranteeing a finish. Yeah. We're guaranteeing green flag finish because there was only six to go by the time they red flag. Oh, yeah. And then they went back to green with four to go. And there was another crash, the clumsiest, dumbest crash I've ever seen right before the start finish line. And they red flagged again with two laps to go. Yeah. And the procedure in F1 or the procedure in IndyCar <laughs> is not the same as it is in F1. Mm-hmm. They don't go back out and do a standing start or do they don't do a typical safety car restart. Yeah. 
where they go back out and immediately basically go back when they get back to the line. That's just not how it works. But that's what they kind of tried to do. They, I don't know. It's hard for me to really, I think, put into the words why I think it's dangerous. It, I feel like they kind of had their one chance to like guarantee a green flag finish. Yeah. And they kind of blew it. And I think they should have just like taken that. And they should have just been like, they had to basically bend the procedure in order to go green again. Right. And it's super dangerous. And I just don't. I don't really like how that turned out, but as I told Delaney, I'm more mad because I wanted Marcus Erickson to win, and he lost the race on the restart. He would have won if they didn't go back to green because he was in the lead, and Joseph Newgarden passed him on the final lap. And so I'm more just bitter and salty that Marcus (laughs) Erickson lost than I am. It definitely is dangerous. Everyone made it through the end. It was safe. And as I've said before, like I'm, okay with them red flagging to guarantee a finish i kind of see both sides of the story on this there's some people that are like they shouldn't have done it because most of the people watching this don't care anyway right but also being in the stands on a final lap pass is fucking crazy (laughs) and everyone knows how cool that is so it's hard for me to say that they should have or shouldn't have done this or that so I think you're playing with fire doing it, though. Like I think I said in Australia, it's like if something bad happens, something stupid happens, it's all on the officiating team. And you guys now have to deal with a problem that you didn't have to deal with if you just let it end under caution. It's a bit it's a bit screwy. It's a bit weird. I think my biggest thing was like you showing me that video of the very last lap and like New Garden like swerving the fuck into the pit entrance basically then swerving back to break the slipstream of marcus erickson and and then winning the race because of that like that's crazy but that's also a different yeah it's like series it's um yeah for those of you don't know indy is super like slipstream like at the end of the race in order to ensure someone does not pass you you like they weave around Mm -hmm. the front and back straight well you'll see it all the time right now and so Joseph Newgarden went went super low to try and defend from Marcus Erickson. So That's crazy. But if if he didn't do that, Marcus Erickson would have won because he had a crazy run. So Yeah. I, I don't I don't know how to fix I don't really have a fix for that. Like you can say, like, don't go down there, but then you're dealing with track limits and then you're dealing with judgment calls. Yeah. And it's best to avoid that, I think. Yeah. So thankfully there was no dumb rules about Wait, because there was a caution at this point on the track, we've got to reorder them by the way that they were at this and this and this. There's none of that in IndyCar. So thankfully we didn't have to deal with that. But it was a really fun race, so I'm not I can't be that mad that I'm not mad at all really that that happened. I just wish Marcus Erickson won because he won last year as well, former F1 driver, and winning that shit two years in a row. It's hard to fucking win this race. Like, it's very (laughs) difficult to win this race. Joseph Newgarden is a two-time IndyCar champion. He's won a bunch of races, never won the Indy 500. So So now he has. Maybe he'll be done then. Maybe he checked it off of his (laughs) list. He's like, okay, I'm done now. So, well, he can win it again. That's probably his, like, "Uh, no, I'll keep going. So Yeah. uh, Do you have fun? Yeah. Good. A lot. I got sunburned, kind of, but. That's okay. A lot. (laughs) But, um. Yeah, I, I think you should. I think IndyCar puts on a great show for the fans, like at every race. People just don't 
know what indie no people don't know what that means like an indie car that, yeah. that's not like what is an indie car i can't i can't couldn't tell you couldn't tell like you a, I don't know. so it's um yeah it was it was good it was fun Oh yeah. Recommend you go if you're listening to this and yeah. On the topic of IndyCar, just as a reminder, we are going to be at the Detroit Grand Prix this coming weekend, which is ju- July, no, June 4th. So, on the Sunday only. On the Sunday only. We're not going to be there for the whole weekend. Sorry, we have lives. <laughs> so, um, we're just going on the Sunday. We'll be uploading a bunch of content uh the following week about that. You'll see us running around downtown it's the first time it's coming back to the street since like, like the 80s like that, yeah 80s, 80s or, or 90s, 90s yeah. yeah so it's been on Belle Isle anybody from the metro Detroit area knows you know they come here every year they usually go to Belle Isle and then it's like woohoo but this year they're on the streets they're back in the streets of Detroit um so yeah you'll be seeing lots of stuff about that Delaney's never been to a, a race before never so. never ever <laughs> so yeah That'll be cool, I guess. Be very exciting. We're excited. <laughs> the street circuits at IndyCar. I mean, like, IndyCar's not F1. That's that's the one thing I can say. Do not expect an F1 type of street circuit race from IndyCar. Yeah. Um, it's probably technically better. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but it's... I don't know. I think IndyCar is a little bit, like, more old-fashioned. There's this more, like... Oh, we're doing it the way it ought to be done, kind of way for IndyCar. So I think it attracts less people than the prestige of Formula One. Yeah. So there's more grit in IndyCar, I feel like. There's more like, well, there's more like, I don't know what the word is. Like, there's more like, grr. Yeah. IndyCar. That is correct. Like, there's a, but it is, it's the same but different, is basically what the best way I can subscribe it. There's multiple different tire compounds. Yeah. There's, they're cousins. But they're, yeah, they're basically the same base idea, but one evolved through a European mindset and the other one evolved through an American mindset. If we could do like a timeline of both of them, that'd be kind of fun. I think Romain Grosjean could win. <gasps> he's been really good this year, but he's... I was about to ask that. How's our boy? How well, do he crashed in the Indy 500. Damn it, Roman. So um, he has been bit by the Indy 500 both years that he's run it. Shit. But... He has finished second a bunch of times this year at the other road courses. Okay, okay. I don't know where he did on the other oval, Texas, but I think he crashed at Texas too. But Ovals are just not his thing. But um, I expect him to be good at, at Detroit. So Sick. Um, and that <laughs> can transition us perfectly into Monaco. Monte Carlo, baby, here the, we are. The greatest race in the world, the, the crown jewel of motor racing. Get your what do they fucking call that? The, <laughs> the the scepter that they give the king. You know what I'm talking about? The stick that they present to the. <laughs> Noel's just like the prince throwing his arms straight out. Like, what is this thing called? <laughs> you could have just said, "Give me the crown." Yeah, but I thought of the stick. <laughs> the scepter. <laughs> Isn't it called the scepter and orb? Were they like this? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's wizardry or or Monaco <laughs> related. I think it's just like the royal family. I present no. to you the scepter, scepter and, and the orb. orb. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> this is somehow making its way back to Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm trying not to steer it that way. That's what I'm trying to avoid. So, Monaco. Monaco, Delaney, baby. Delaney, the Monaco Grand Prix. It was so good, right? It was so good. <laughs> Easily my my number one race of the of the year so far. 
maybe of the last four years. <laughs> Whoa, I think it was best ever. <laughs> best I saw ever, I really. saw a stat, Delaney, if I may. Um, yeah. I saw a stat on Twitter that said the last time there was an on-track pass for the lead in Monaco. Do you want to guess what year this was? 1960-something. Okay, well, it was 1996. <laughs> oh! The last on-track pass for the lead at Monaco was 1996. Wow. So that was before we started the podcast, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> before that was before we were... Living. Thoughts <laughs> in anyone's brain. So, um, but yeah, no one's just passed for the lead in a yeah. very, very, almost 30 years. So yeah. that kind of sets the, the, the thing, I think, for the Monaco Grand Prix. It Monaco, to me, is like, the hype around it is cool, but it definitely is just a parade. Like, that's all it is. Like, the race itself... I can go without watching the race and, and be fine. Like, and, and be happy with my life. But yeah, Monaco is super fun. Like the lore around it is super fun. And it's super like, ooh, glitzing lambs, billionaires and their yachts. And like Miami tries to be Monaco, you know? Like yeah. the whole like yachts like right lined up against the track and like, wow, look at all these celebrities and all this shit. Like, that that is what I believe. Like Miami, um, I think just Miami, really, because that's the only one that's like near a big body of I water. I think to some extent, all the street circuits want to be Monaco. Basically, which I think yeah. is what kind of is like made it even less significant on the calendar. Yeah, is that there's more street circuits now. Like there's kind of a lot. <laughs> They're kind of a, besides a lot Mel, now. besides Australia. Like I feel like Singapore, yeah, Saudi Arabia, like. All those kind of even look like Monaco to an extent. Yeah. Like with the fence. I, I, they just, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think it's just, it, it's just the, everything around the race to me is really entertaining. Um, but the race itself is just not. Just so, kind of there. And it, I think yeah. they try to amp up everything that happens around the race to uh, kind of like offset how bad the race is nowadays, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. Cause I mean, literally this year, like the fucking hairpin turn, it's just like, we saw like, I think it was like the very first lap fucking every single car bumped into each other. Like yeah. the cars are way too Yeah, fucking the hairpin big. is like really clunky. Almost. It's so like, clunky. It's like, like really... they're literally going like two miles per hour yeah. now, like it's... around that turn. And yeah. it's like, if you're next to another car, you're hitting it. Yeah. Like it was like, there was like four cars trying to go around the turn at once, like are on lap one or lap two or something. And it was just, <laughs> ugh. but I mean, the, in, the interesting thing was it did rain halfway through the race started raining. Yeah. I think that really livened up it the did. race itself. It kind of woke everybody up yeah. a little bit too. Even the commentators were like, Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> like what's happening? Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely thought the rain was, I, I'll say like, this was probably the best Monaco Grand Prix I've ever seen, <laughs> Yeah, which I don't know is if it's great. Cause it was probably the, one of the worst races so far this season, but, but, but it was like, you compared know, compared to other Monaco's. <laughs> yeah. The commentary was just, I mean, fantastic. Like the, yeah. the sky sports boys and girls at sky sports are doing a hell of a job trying to sell this thing. Good job. They've been, I mean. During the rain, like I didn't watch it live, I watched it on Monday. But during the rain, I could. You, they were really like, "Oh my gosh, what's going to happen?" happen? Yeah. Like this, and and rain at Monaco is definitely like a. It's spicy. A it 
there's not a lot of room for mistake at Monaco. No. There's basically none. There were lots of cars in the wall. So when it, it was, I, I do really think it was a good, genuinely good moment. <laughs> yes. It didn't liven up the race for the lead. Yeah. I, I've heard some rumors that if Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso, if you don't remember, pitted for mediums when it started raining yeah. and then went back in and pitted for inters. Supposedly, if Fernando Alonso pitted for inters when he went on to mediums, he could have won the race. Interesting. Just the way things ended up playing out. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that would have happened just because it seems too easy. Yeah. Like, I just feel like Red Bull and Max Verstappen would have figured out how to the, not the lose pit it. the pit window is fucking pretty long in Monaco though. I think it's like nineteen or twenty seconds. Like you lose yeah, a, a yeah. lot you, of time. You lose a lot of time. So he, yeah. So he I don't know the Delta, but I guess there's potential that Fernando Alonso could have maybe won somehow if he yeah. pitted for inters earlier and didn't pit for mediums. Yeah. But I don't know. That's that's all speculation. So um I don't know, but the rain definitely did help this race. Yep. I just, the F1 drivers are just too good these days. Like, they don't really. They are. I really, really think we should be. I mean, in 1996, three cars finished the Monaco Grand Prix. It rained <laughs> and three people finished. So, yeah. I really, and those cars were not as wide as these ones. So, that that's my thing. If they keep making the cars any bigger, we're not going to be able to race in Monaco anymore because they're not going to make the fucking streets bigger. <laughs> And they're not going to do it anywhere else in Monaco because Monaco is like the size of a fucking <laughs> pin needle. Like it's tiny compared to other shit. But I don't know. I think the biggest, the bi my most exciting moment of the weekend was qualifying. I actually got to watch qualifying live, which was really exciting. Um, that, because you can't pass in, in Monaco, qualifying is it for you. Like you have to do well in qualifying to solidify where you're going to be. Um so they were pushing like yeah. fucking drivers were pushing like crazy. So watching those lap times was so fun and just watching them like try to, you know, yeah. go purple for each sector. Was it was, so fun. it was intense qualifying. Yeah. So, um, I've got our qualifying headlines here. Yeah. Well, first I'll talk about Q1. Yeah. Cause something happened in Q1. I know. I literally started Before. watching right <laughs> after this happened and I was so sad. <laughs> The Q1 was crazy. Before we talk about any incidents, Q1 was crazy because the track evolution was like nuts. So like the yeah. McLarens, Williams, Alfa Romeo were like setting the fastest lap. Yeah. And then Sergio Checo Perez uh. crashed in Q1 uh. and was out of qualifying. Altogether. And um, this is a good... Before we continue qualifying, yeah, let's talk about the championship <laughs> because I think this is a race that Sergio Perez needed to win. Yeah, I think he'll win on a like a non street circuit this year. I yeah. think he'll do it, but this is one that I really think he really needed to like stamp. And beat Max at and keep the momentum just going. because I yeah. think right now Max has like like a mental advantage over Sergio Perez. Like oh, a, yeah. like I just think in his in their heads, like Max Verstappen. Honestly, I feel like he just I can't even describe it. <laughs> but it's like 
Max Verstappen is just going to be able to will himself into victory. I feel like just it's like a yeah, it's just a weird men in the mental game. I don't even think Max is at his peak yet yeah. for this season. Like I still think Max is working his way up to the best racing he could do for, which is scary. Yeah, like I think that's what the mental game is: is that like Sergio is fighting Max and he's he's fighting well, and like yeah. people are like, oh shit, that's kind of cool. Like they can actually fight each other pretty well in equal machinery, but Max is now over here like. I'm just cruising, dude. Yeah. You haven't even seen my full potential. And I don't think I don't think the championship is over, but I think going forward, Max knows this was a race Sergio Perez kind of needed to win. Yeah. And he and Max won. Yeah. And so I just think it's going to be all the more difficult for them to compete cuz he's like Yeah, I mean Cause, cause, cause Sergio Perez has never won for Red Bull on a natural terrain road course. I guess is what I'll call yeah. it. So it's gonna be. I think he could still do it, but I think he's got his work cut out for him. And we won't have another street race in, until Singapore. I think. Damn, that sucks for our boy. So there's only two more street races left this season. Yeah, where we know he's gonna be good. He might be good in Mexico. He was good in Mexico last year and that would be fucking amazing if he was he good. Won in his he was race. good at the British Grand Prix last year. Yeah. But also Max had an issue. Right. I think he can I think Sergio Perez can almost definitely, definitely get up to the challenge if Max has an issue. hundred percent. But he can't Max it's in it's in all their head. It's in Max's head. Like he can only beat me if I have an issue. Yeah. That's probably what he's thinking right now. Yeah. And he needs to now go up and prove that that isn't the case, mm-hmm. which I, they haven't had a lot of actual on track fights this year. Yeah. I think Miami was one Max one. <laughs> yeah. And so I think Sergio Perez it's going to be difficult, but I think Nico Rosberg is the same type of driver as Sergio Perez, and Nico Rosberg did win in 2016. It yeah. did take um, misfortune for Lewis Hamilton, but that's that's it's F1. <laughs> that's misfortune F1. can Any, happen. So. so anything can happen. I mean, you know, we could have the crazy one-lap shootout, but as it stands right now, Max is still leading. Max is hands down... Unless for whatever reason the car just absolutely fails for whatever reason for the rest of the season, like Max is projected to win. It's the his. Championship. It's his championship to lose. Literally <laughs> at this point now, it's him and Red Bull championship to lose because if either one of them just barely fuck up, they're done. So they they have you know Sergio, they have Alonso, they have even the Mercedes are starting to just come up and snap on their heels. A little bit of Alpine, so it's like. It's there, but who knows? But yeah, it's... And I think the crash for Sergio Perez, I think Red Bull is going to be more mad that every single person that could do it got to see the underside of the Red Bull Oh my God. I was going to talk about that because... (laughs) Everyone got the risque, scandalous pick of the underside of the Red Bull. They're trying to sneak a pick. It almost feels in a... It feels fucking Very inappropriate. Inappropriate. It's, like a, it's so it's so violating of the, of the RB nineteen. Like, come on. Because Red Bull doesn't. Mercedes got lifted out too, but Red Bull doesn't give a fuck what anyone else is doing with their floor. Yeah. Everyone's wants to know what Red Bull's floor looks like because the floor is the most important part of the downforce of this car. Yes. Adrian knew knew he was 
crying <laughs> on the on the pit wall when that happened. For those that don't know, when Sergio Perez crashed in Monaco, they have these like giant fucking cranes that just because they don't have any room to like go in and like push the cart out. They have these giant fucking cranes that come in and they like hook onto the car and they lift it up in the air. And when that happened, there's like video and like photos of the underside of the car. So, and for those that aren't super privy to Formula One, it's like teams make the car, but the t- other teams don't get to know what how they made that car. So the underside yeah. is the most revealing part of it because you can only you don't kn- see it. You can only know what you see exactly, and you don't usually see the floor. Yeah. So that's. But if you do usually see it, it's usually fucked up because it's usually a crash. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like this was like a perfectly fine floor <laughs> that just was showcased. And it's above all if of you've our seen heads. the pictures, it's kind of wild. Like I, I'm not, I'm no engineer or anything. <laughs> yeah. But that is not like the floor of my car or <laughs> no. like the floor of any or the floor. Look it up now. It's like fucking. It's crazy. Cresting and waving, and there's this this bit and this thing. But I bet you all the engineers are looking at it, going, "Oh my god, that's how they do it." Yeah. If you know, you know. I think with the floor. So um. Hopefully that helps everyone else. I don't know how, I don't know what they're going to be able to, it's going to, if they see it, I mean, they won't be able to do anything immediately. So anyways, that was that's <laughs> no like, haha, we get to see their floor. That's no, like a that's real like a legitimate really fucking big like, deal. Yeah. So, um, um, as for the rest of qualifying Q3, I didn't see this live cause I lost, I was on my way to the freaking thing. I kind of lost the data. So yeah, Q3 though was pretty fucking crazy. It was insane. And Sky Sports did a great job of saying, hey, this yeah. is fucking crazy. Yeah. Q2, I believe, though, to back it up, I think Lando Norris crashed, sort of. He, like, banged oh, right, into the right, wall. Yeah. And then, but still made it into Q3, which props to the fucking McLaren mechanics because they fucking busted their butt and they got him out at least for a lap, I think, two in q3 so the mclarens did decent this past weekend so we're kind of eating our own tiktok words from our i TikTok got them earlier. on the winners that i i considered them winners for- oh shit <laughs> we'll talk about them um but fuck even the fucking williams were like in q2 one of yeah. alex albon was in there um the alpines were killing it it was just crazy like once we got to q3 it was like the normal you know specs of people and everybody you know started going and it was literally like fucking musical chairs it felt for, really for close P1. like the closest it's yeah. been like i legitimately didn't know who was gonna get like i sort of like in knew, the back of my head but i was like maybe like it was like oh like, well because it, i think it was like five minutes left that's when everybody starts just fucking hauling that's what everybody just starts going for their fastest laps and then it was like you know um alonzo went alonzo's in provisional pole i was like oh my god that's crazy Ocon, not even like five seconds after him crossed the fish line now Ocon is on provisional pole it's like oh my that's fucking crazy too yeah. and then it was like science went and like science is on provisional pole whatever it's like and it's like leclerc he is on provisional pole there's like two minutes left like a minute 30 left i'm like oh my god this is great a bunch of other people are going but like it was like leclerc alonzo Ocon. i'm pretty sure like that's the order yeah I think I think Alonzo went back out and went and, and back went to again. the top. Yeah, yeah. So like they just kept hitting first, and then like with a minute left, like Max just went out and just fucking yeah. So a couple took seconds it. left, he and it's almost like he did it on purpose because totally. he had two. I think he had 
either two yellow or two like just green. They were green sectors. He greened sectors they're, one and two, and I was watching it, and I was like, "They're green." So green, oh. if you don't know, green means it's better than what you've done, but purple is best. You purple want is best. purple, yeah. So going, green going does, it, and he they showed it. He was like two tenths down after sector two. Yeah. So it was like it was like oh Fernando shit. Alonso pole maybe question maybe. mark. And then the last sector, and he then was he like, just fucking, <laughs> and then he just gets it. Yeah. And the commentators are like, oh my God. Yeah. How'd he do that? Like Max Verstappen. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, guys, come on. We knew. We, we all knew saw this him was coming. Gonna happen. So but I, if I was watching, I, I probably would have fallen into the trap of been like, oh my God, he's not going to do it. He's too slow. That was me. I fell into the <laughs> trap. I was like yelling when Leclerc got into provisional Paul. I was like, this is it. This is Monaco, baby. The curse is broken. He can finally do it, even though he's gotten pulled for the last two years and fucked it up. But still, he could do it. This could happen. And then Max was like, yoink. Nope. Not yep. today. And, and then, then Leclerc, Leclerc ended up third and then got a good penalty. Yeah, when I saw <laughs> that he got a good penalty the next day, I was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> the Monaco curse continues. And his brother in Formula 2 also fucked up and crashed too. So it's just the Leclerc family is just cursed in Monaco. Yeah. Maybe and, one uh, day he'll win in his home race. <laughs> eh, maybe. I don't know. When he goes to Mercedes, maybe. Oh my God. I saw a thing that was saying that Leclerc is going to go to Red Bull. <laughs> I don't think Red Bull want that. Could you imagine? I, they want that. They, they would want Max that. Max and Leclerc. Oh my God. What's happened with uh, yes. Max? Nothing, just an incident on the race. But yeah, I saw, I just saw a photo, I just saw a Photoshop of his head on a Red Bull suit. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, that would be, Lewis goes to Ferrari, Leclerc goes to Red Bull, Checo goes to Ferrari, Checo goes to Mercedes. This is my, this is my <laughs> pipe dream. And now we head into the winners and losers segment of the Monaco Grand Prix. Of course, not including the actual winner, because we all know who's fun. Who, there's no fun talking about that. I will. It did get a little jumping back a little bit to my review of the race. I think it was a little bit better because up until this year, every Monaco Grand Prix was the television director. The direction of like who's doing the coverage was always done by like Monaco itself. Yeah, like some production company in Monaco. Every other F1 race is done by F1. But Monaco's done by Monaco. Weird. So their production was terrible. Yeah. They would always show... I mean, there's the Lance Stroll meme from a couple years ago. They would always really more just kind of show the leader and not yeah. really what was going on. And the camera angles have always been the same for like the past 100 years or something like that. So this year, they F1 finally got to do the production of the Monaco Grand Prix. Camera angles were... There were more unique angles... It just seemed better to me. And we, and we got more of the midfield fight. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't go back to watch last year's to see, to check, because it's <laughs> fucking boring as shit. So I don't care that much. But it seemed more... Entertaining. Focused on actual interesting stuff and not just walking... Walk, watching Max Verstappen drive around. Yeah. So I'm, I, I think it was a better coverage. So that is good. So I didn't include that on my winners list, but that'll be a win. I guess. To win in us. Whatever. Our book. First winner. SD Bestie on the podium, baby. Esteban Ocon drove a fantastic race. He did so fucking good. And finished third. 
Fuck yeah. First podium in quite a while. Um, I think him and Alpine in general, they beat Ferrari. Yeah. Like they just did. Totally. So that that was a really great performance by both of them, but obviously Esteban Ocon made it through the pit cycle. I think him and Sainz both pitted before the wet weather. Yeah. So they had to do it again. And he held him off. And I yeah. and he also didn't the Mercedes were behind him at the end and Obviously, it's difficult to pass, but you can still very easily under pressure make a mistake, and he didn't. So, yeah, fantastic drive. My favorite shot is Max doing his post race like interview, and because of Monaco and the way it's set up, it takes a while for the drivers to get there, so they're just like already starting. <laughs> and then by the time Esteban Ocon like pulled up, he like ran over to his team mid interview of Max, and his team's just like, yeah. <laughs> like screaming and the max is like yeah yeah so yeah the race was okay there's going fucking ham so i think he that was definitely stellar driver day, yeah yeah driver of the day hands down and he's french so he's french yeah so monaco you know monaco so yeah that french. was um my next winner despite what we've said i did put mclaren on this list because they finished ninth and tenth yeah. Which they scored points. Obviously, they're not where I think they maybe should be. Mm-hmm. But it was an improvement. I think we said in the TikTok they would finish 16th. And they had a solid weekend. So I considered that a win for them. Because right. I think um, I think Alpha Tower is probably better. I, did I don't see know. That. At the end, of the, the end of the grid's kind of mixed up. So Yeah, I did see that Lando said that he does... He does regret the double pit because they had such good pace, but it's also like a few people had to do that. So, and they passed Yuki Sonoda. That was hard. They they overtook Yuki Sonoda, like legitimate overtake. So they fought for the end of the points. So whatever package they were gonna bring to Emla, but they did bring to Monaco. Just bring it again to Spain, (laughs) and maybe they'll actually do good. (laughs) So. I, I think that is a OMG. I don't know how they did that, but I think they did. So yeah, that was great. It was a new livery. Oh yeah, the new livery too. So that was that's um, what that's what made them go faster. Yeah, <laughs> then maybe they should just consider keeping that one. I don't know. That's a nice livery. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like it better than the 2021 Monica livery. Oh yeah, I think a lot of people do actually. Which... I don't like the gray. The gray to me was a little yeah. Eh. It was cool at the time. Now I think this one's cooler. I just like that it's like the triple crown thing where it represents each car. Cause McLaren is the only team that's won. It's the only team that has won the Indy 500, the Le Mans 24 hours in Le Mans and the Monaco Grand Prix. So yeah, McLaren pat on the back, buddy. Good job. You kind of winner. Maybe the, lo- maybe the lower winners. I mean, there's not a, like a, like, like my next winner didn't even fucking finish in the points. So yeah. it's like a win. It's like a, Oh, good. You took your shit place car and finished 10th. Like, it's like, you know, P5 like how mentality, Delaney was, baby. yeah, like Delaney was talking about the P5 mentality. So, yeah, I, I considered it, you know, decent, good. Yeah. My last winner was Nicholas DeVries. Uh oh. I don't know if we call him Nicholas? that because I don't think that's his full name, Nicholas. No, definitely not. I don't think it is. But Nick DeVries finished 12th, but beat Yuki Sonoda and had a solid day. And Helmut Marco said, that's what we're looking for. The ultimatum was not real. 
which I don't <laughs> know it. if I believe. But, <laughs> but damn it, we all but, wanted it to be real. But he's like, that's that shit's made up. I don't know what the fuck you guys. Maybe are about. maybe he leaked it to the press. <laughs> yeah, to get to scare Nick, and then be like, oh. Such yeah. a funny joke, press. And the press is like, the bitch, you leaked it to us. He's like, nah, I would never say that. Yeah, so. But actually, like actually holding a knife against <laughs> his throat. Like actually, do better. Yeah, so um, solid drive. I guess we're, I don't know. I guess, I don't know if we're going to see him replace. But um, he probably still needs to score points eventually. Yeah. That's what they brought him in for. I mean, Helmut Marco literally said in the interview, like we brought this guy in to score points and push Yuki. Yeah. So he needs to that it put out there that that's what he's there for. So he did it this week. Do it again. Do it again and again and again. Just keep doing it. The honorable mention I'm going to say is Mercedes because they brought their upgrade. I don't think they were quite as good as maybe we wanted them to be. Yeah. But they ended up finishing fourth and fifth because Ferrari kind of messed up the strategy. So I don't think. Whatever their upgrades were, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures, but Mercedes has side pods now. Yep. It is a drastically different looking car, I think. I don't think it really helped them that much, but they were at least at this race still at least. there. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully I mean, who wouldn't who knows? Maybe they could have been really good at Emila. So yeah, honorable mention to them because they at least beat Ferrari. <laughs> hey, and that's a win in their book. I mean, they even posted like the gap is closing between second place like mercedes just looking to get second place right now <laughs> all right delaney tell us the losers speaking of ferrari <laughs> um big losers for this weekend i don't know what else more to say i mean they, they, fucked, up the they fucked up so hard again they're behind them, them they must have you know loaned a few strategists to aston martin as well because like both of those teams just really fucked up the whole strategy this weekend and like i don't know it was just whole thing but charles getting the you know the grid penalty just science was up there he could have at least got science was up there but they like were like hey push we need to get by ocon so he he ended up running into esteban yeah which is like the opposite of what they wanted him to do and then they kept being like hey pit now wait don't pit i think they were trying to psych out esteban ocon like get him to pit but they never did that. And they then, just don't really know how to be strategists, do they? <laughs> then when they finally pitted and he came out behind Esteban Ocon, Sainz was really mad. Yeah. And he's like, we could have beat Ocon if we did this. And then, like, like gaslighted him, basically. They're like, we were actually racing Lewis Hamilton. And he's behind <laughs> us still. So we're actually right. He's like, I don't care about Lewis Hamilton. But they were definitely racing Esteban Ocon. I swear to God. And then they double stacked in the rain and fell behind Science ended up behind Gasly and Leclerc ended up behind both Mercedes. And Christian Horner was like after the race, like they probably asked him about Fernando Alonso. And Christian Horner was like, "Well, we thought we were going to be racing Ferrari this weekend." And they <laughs> And that did not happen. <laughs> we're not there. Ferrari who? Yeah, Ferrari honestly every hair, every gray hair I obtain is because of Ferrari. That's all I got to say. Um, so yeah, that's why they're one of our losers. Another loser of ours, Lance Stroll, just big L <laughs> this past weekend. I don't know what the hell happened. He just absolutely he choked in qualifying out in like Q2, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. He choked in qualifying and then just like slithered his way down 
in the race. I don't know. It was just not. Yeah, not it, it for was. Me. I, I, he crashed in the race. He was a first retirement. Yeah. Obviously, it, if you qualify that badly, I mean, but I think the main thing is that his teammate finished second, and is yeah, like, that's and just Lance like Stroll is difference. like started out really good, but he didn't get points in Miami either. Yeah, and he's like eighth in the points right now, which. That's the second fastest. I wonder. Car, I wonder. So. You know, just like in Red Bull, I wonder if it is a mental thing because now he's like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like, Fernando came in. This is his first season, and he's <laughs> doing so good. Yeah, I don't know, but hopefully they'll get better. I don't know. I saw a tweet that said, "When does Lawrence Stroll fire his put son? the team first? Is about what it Never. said. Never. <laughs> um, there wasn't. I mean, him and they. <laughs> F1 TV is trying to like formulate this like big fight between him and Magnuson because they kept bumping into each other. Yeah. Right, like right before the race oh, yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was really funny because I don't really think there was that big of a fight, honestly. I just think it was just a really tight track. Yeah. And they just kept bumping into each other. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Lancey. Lancey. <laughs> um, really needs a good, clean run where he. I don't think he's beaten Fernando Alonso at all this year. No. But he needs to uh Fernando Alonso has stood close. on five of the six podiums this year. Think about that. Crazy. That's crazy. Remember last year when we were like Fernando Alonso. Why is he going to Why is he going to Aston Martin? That's fucking stupid. Reading so, our words now. <laughs> I think Fernando Alonso is gonna win a race this season. Oh, like, 100%. I just think it has like eventually it has to, right? Like eventually, like Red Bull have to just get something wrong, right? They have to they have right? to crash or they're right. right? <laughs> Please. <laughs> um I agree with you though. I think he'll definitely want a race. Um and then lastly, speaking of the Haas driver, Kevin Magnuson is our last loser of the weekend. I wrote I wa- I was watching the race while I was writing this and I wrote this because they had him out on the hard tire for like five laps while it yeah. was pouring rain. And then they're like, We're gonna go to the full wet. <laughs> and then he crashed. Yeah. And then And then they never got to get to he the He had full a fine wet. start to the race. I think he had some fun overtakes as well. But his qualifying was decent, but I mean That was mainly on there because I saw I was typing this while I was watching it. Yeah. And so I was like I should put that on there because there wasn't a lot of like real big losers. There were a lot of like little dumb moves when it started raining, but but that was also because it was raining yeah. in Monaco. So. so there wasn't a, a big massive failure, I guess. Besides Sergio Perez, who we kind of already talked about, he did pit like five times. He pitted like immediately when the race yeah, started, yeah. which I thought I was like, "Ooh, that's a good move! Like, good job, Red Bull!" And then it started raining, and then like everything else happened. It was like. Ugh. I think I think another Why? thing on the mental. I totally forgot about this, but Sergio Perez, they put him on the full wet tire, he to be yeah. Max's guinea pig basically to like yeah. test the full wet tire to see if it was good for Max going on. So like that, that just sucks. Like I think that that's totally forgot about that. But that's that is like when um, you're the second seat. So that's it for the Monaco Grand Prix. Eh, it was fine. Um, <laughs> eh, it was alright. Up next, we have Spain. In España. Which has been, it's the first actual track since Bahrain. Yep. So I've got, I'm hoping that it's something. Yeah, high Just hopes. something happens. Something. Just anything. Anything. I beg you. I think the Spanish Grand Prix has been good in the past two years. It used to not be good when they tested there. Yeah. But it was pretty solid in the past two years. So I'm hoping that just 
something happens. Yeah. Because give me some controversy. Give me some whatever. Give me some drama. No more street circuit like, oh, yeah, Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dominating. Yeah. I want to see some wheel-to-wheel action. I want to see some fucking pit stopping that actually makes sense. Some fucking ruses. I want to see crazy shit this past weekend. My expectations are I'm shooting high. I'm manifesting it. And if it doesn't happen. We'll complain about it. It will happen in the Detroit Grand Prix. I promise you because that race will at at the very least will be a two stop race, but probably three stop. Hello. So I'm just saying. That's it. That's the Spanish Grand Prix. Be sure to look out for the Detroit stuff. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit on the Spanish Grand Prix episode. Yeah, yeah. At least a little bit. And uh, and then that'll be it for IndyCar for the season. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then, well, maybe. Well, it might be. It might be, honestly. All the, the interesting hype, stuff The hype happens. for the Indy 500 for me is, 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 gone. is gone, is over. So, um, yeah. You'll get back-to-back weekends of Indy <laughs> and Formula One. And then it's just Formula One from here on out. Yep. And then we and we will talk about it. Yep. We'll be here. And it might be fun if they start beating Red Bull. We'll see. <laughs> Anything could happen. We'll see. We're just going to keep it's early days. If if Red Bull keep this up come Canada, we're going to have to do some crazy shit for the episode because Yeah, we're going to have to start have to start like running a game show yeah. or something off the episode because who else knows what we're going to be doing? Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram. TikTok. I almost said Facebook for some fucking reason. <laughs> Facebook? TikTok. We're not on there? Yeah, don't look. Don't look us up. There's not anything on Facebook. So YouTube and anything else anything you happen else. to see. So make sure to rate us on any podcasting thing. Share us. I guess please sharing share. Is, yeah. Sharing is caring. Please sharing share is with helpful. your friends. We'll and see you on the next one. Or you'll hear us on the next one. God damn it. (laughs) You can send us a voice memo. If it's cool, we'll play it, I guess. I I guess. I don't know. Um, Yeah. So, check it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. My dad said that Nico Hulkerberg is the most handsome F1 driver in the grid right now. Maybe. (laughs) He was like, he was just like chiseled. I was like, you just like him because he's Scandinavian and older. I don't think he looks like a child.